So a quick rundown on how my anxiety works. It's kind of like a bullhead shark. If I stop moving, I die. And I don't want to be too dramatic about the situation, but um, similar to the bullhead shark, um, not a great swimmer over here, i.e. I cannot swim. And there are other parallels into the name, but you know, it is what it is with that. I also learned from my fiance that uh, the Spanish version of it is what it is, is S-O-C-K-S. Uh, spelling socks is another way. So if you want to feel bilingual, spell socks, and it's like, it is what it is. Anyway, over explaining it. The whole point is, my anxiety works is that I have to focus on moving forward or it's just all bad. Um, not necessarily going to off myself or anything, but it's just one of those things that I know about myself that I need to keep present and then moving forward because a stagnant mind for me does not work. And again, this is how my anxiety works. I know that other people deal with it differently. I just wanted to go off the riff and just let them know like how I best handle that little uh, demon. Uh, the best example I can give is my job, straight up. So currently, they're revamping the math department, um, not just at my school, but in the whole ass state. And I asked my department head what I would be teaching for the next year, because this year is almost over. We're pretty much halfway through April. And um, I guess well, time will tell, because uh, they're still doing some of the textbooks and there's more to come on that. But over the summer, there was a seminar that was being hosted at our school, and I decided, you know, let me sit in, you know, find out what's going on, you know, because me not knowing is worse than most things that I could consider as far as, you know, that detriment or dangerous to my life, but I have to know what I'm walking into for the next year. Um, part of me is like, you know, you'll have a clue. You know, I'm not a fan of surprises, and anybody with anxiety will tell you that that is not the move. But the other part is like, what the fuck is my problem? Like, I can't even take the summer, the whole last summer, six weeks of just not giving a shit about school after dealing with two years worth of school. I couldn't find the grace just to be like, all right, calm down. And I just chalked it up to being education is a value of mine. And I'm not willing to just not give a fuck about something that I care about more than family. Um, oh, sorry. Second next to family. Blech, want to get that one right. I break it all down and I basically come to the light, uh, landing point that... Fucking Bo Burnham earned the fuck out of that Best Music Film Grammy that he received this year for his uh, Netflix documentary Inside. And yes, it may be a little bit of a stretch how this connects to that, but just taking the film for what it is, it's a creative masterpiece. It was him, a comedian, giving his journey through the lockdowns during COVID-19 and everything. So it was just beautifully done. It's a psychological journey because we see him go through like a lot of metamorphosis. He's normally clean shaven. He goes through a phase where it's like he's all disheveled and I'm not gonna lie, looks kind of good. Just being real with it. Like I have a picture of one of his, uh, it's a screen grab that I got from him performing All Eyes On Me, which is a fucking classic. If you don't know about All Eyes On Me by Bo Burnham, Find it on whatever music device you want and just, you know, sit back and enjoy it. You're welcome. And also, it's funny as hell. I mean, it's a comedy album in a time where most people can't take jokes, and it was just so perfect for the moment. And I say all this because anxiety works in a lot of different ways. Like, for me or Bo Burnham or Ryan Rhythms, they're testing it how they can work it for them, and it helps them in their creative outlet. So, I guess... I'm trying to run a piggybacking off of what I spoke about last podcast about motivation. This is not motivation. I rather this serve as inspiration that even though you're dealing with it 
and you feel like you might be broken or not everything's right. Don't assume that you are broken or that you are not right for whatever reason. Just consider yourself a work in progress. I've been at this 35 years and if there was a rule book that I needed to follow or there were guidelines to get me to the highest level of success, I hope I would have found it by now, but S-O-C-K-S. This is the ZFG Podcast. up on four locos and we're ready to go this is a zfg podcast i'm your boy dash um i'm not drinking four locos it's like a monday um this is the monday before i potentially release this podcast so yeah i'm not doing all that um more to come but yeah like i'm so thankful to be with you again all right before i get too far ahead of myself i want to establish why i release these episodes in like these three week cycles because some shit you just have to chew on for a little bit to know if it was real or not. Like, I remember the first episode I was talking about Brightline and how many train accidents that were happening. And, you know, maybe that was just a fleeting thing. Nope. There was a team that just got struck the other day. This is going to be a little different formatting. I'm, I'm going to slip some news in along with my intro and because I've got some really awesome shit that I want to talk about a little bit later on. As you can see by the decibels of my voice, I'm super excited for what happened these past couple of days. Um, I want to start off with what happened just before, I believe it was um, St. Patty's Day. Again, it's been a three-week cycle. Um, So me and my fiance watched this show called Hot Ones. I hope you've heard of it. It's on YouTube. It's basically with Sean Evans eating spicy food and giving out interviews. And it's legit. I love it. We just watched the episode with Josh Brolin. Again, this is not a plug. This is just, hey, this is some good content that I want to promote. They don't need my help. They're doing fine by themselves. They had a fucking TV show at one point during the last couple of years. So they don't need my support, but I am a supporter. So it was around uh, St. Patty's Day, I want to say. And it was the last day uh, just before we had like some extended break. And I went out with a couple of my coworker friends. Um, we went to a local Irish pub restaurant because why not around St. Patty's Day? And there were these wings, right? And I'm looking at it like, okay, I'm looking at the menu and they're like super hot and blazing. The wings were called, ah, shit, what was the name of them? Not Devil's Spit, Devil's Blood. Yeah. And I was feeling froggy, jumped out there and leaped or leapt, excuse me. So. I order these wings, and there's no, like, label for them. It's like a local mix of spices and stuff, like Carolina Reaper and some other stuff. I don't want to put it all out there because I don't want, well, I'm not saying their name, so that doesn't go against me. But, yeah, like, they put all the hottest sauces on there, and I encourage my friends to have one. And when I, like, to tell you how hot these wings were, like, the back of my neck started to sweat first. And I'm like, I've never started sweating from the back of my neck before. And that was real. Um, like, my mouth was on fire, obviously. But, touched my butt, I took it like a champ. Um, didn't, like, cry or do any of the demonstrative things that people who aren't frequenting spicy food like I do. I took it on the chin. No problems. Until I had to go to the bathroom. Now, the thing about oil and spices is that You've got to wash your hands super, super carefully before bad things start to happen. 
and unfortunately a bad thing happened. I went to the bathroom, used the bathroom, washed my hands and everything like that. And then I start to get a sensation. And that was the end of the conversation and the end of the day for at least 20 minutes. So I say all this to say there was an L that your boy got on that day. My fault, totally not going to blame the restaurant. Just my ignorance and my stupidity allowed me to uh, get a sensation in a region that I don't want sensations at unless, you know, anyway. So... The thing I want to get to mostly is that further on that day, I found another day that was spicier for a different reason. And I want to start off like this. On the day, the 13th of April, 2022, not a single fuck was given. All right. On that day, it was straight up weird. It was a Wednesday. Uh, I believe it was last Wednesday, to be quite honest. Um, On that day, uh, I had my evaluation for my job. I guess it went well. I'll find out more this coming Wednesday. Um, my friend lost her whole ass Apple watch, which was bizarre because like she, she has like, it's on her wrist. Like it doesn't grow legs and walk away. But when she was searching it, apparently it did because she was searching on her iPhone and it was traveling in her neighborhood that she was at. And it was like going places like the fuck. So she had to leave and basically track that shit down. And I think she had like a police presence just in case she got squirrely, uh, all's good in the hood. Cause we saw her the next day, but that was odd. Um, a store randomly called me to pay for bills and like, trust me when I tell you, I know what bills I owe. And so do they, they don't need to call me to let me know any of that, that like, that's, mm, that's not how we play that game. But yeah, like they called me and left a voicemail and I called them back. It's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And it's like, oh damn, yeah, our bad. It's like, nah, don't, don't, don't my bad that don't, don't come at anybody, you know, the day before payday saying that I have more money to pay. It's like, nah, man, that's not the move. So that was weird. Um, Veterans Affairs called me and that was just rare because like they generally don't unless I call them. So they called me showing some initiative and they called me during the day I work. So I'm like, all right, can't feel this phone call. Um, Other co-workers at my job got impromptu visits from their supervisors, which was um, odd to say the least. I swear one of my co-workers was, I swear if he was built a little differently, he would have squared up and thrown hands with one of them. Like, he had been setting stuff up for a while and just, it never came to be. And I'm like, he was not too pleased. His day went to shit. And I'm like, um, Dems be the brakes, my guy. Um, one of my other friends, she keeps having this car parking in her same parking spot. We all have numbered spots. Most of us have numbered spots at our work. And this van just straight chills for like, maybe at this point, it was like two weeks. And she's the only one giving a shit about it. She mentions it up to you know leadership and everything like that. So I can get right on it. Today, I guess they felt like they found a new spot because she let me know that it wasn't there. And again, my friend, she also had like some fuck news, um, like some medical shit with her family and i won't get into the specifics of that but that also happened on that day and that was just fucking yeah i don't want to get into specifics with that but yeah it's just like a really fucked day at work and then my fiance's daughter she passes her socially distant driver's license test now i want to say that this was just you know covid specific because that's what it was explained to me as like no one was going to be in the car because of you know pandemic and everything but when i tell you that it was um, telling how complicated this test was. It makes sense how many poor drivers exist. What was explained to me is that she 
had performed like a U-turn or a three-point turn and like maybe like pulling out of a parking space or some shit like that. I'm broadcasting during the day. I normally don't do this. So if you hear birds, that's nature. My bad. But she had to perform like just a couple of simple maneuvers, never actually operated on a main highway or a street. But she performed maneuvers and now she's certified to drive per the Florida driving curriculum. And I was thinking to myself, self, that's why these motherfuckers can't operate a fucking roundabout properly because all they have to do is make three maneuvers, not hit anyone, and they're certified. So that provided a lot of closure in that. And I'm not slinging shade at her accomplishments. All power to her. Now we have someone to go grocery shopping when, you know, she we tell her to do something. Hey, take the car, go get us a thing. And we're good. I'm not throwing shade on her. Ultra proud. However, comma, that's like getting a really good score in like Pac-Man with no ghosts and all cherries. Like, yes, you accomplished the thing, but that was like, that was the easy mode of the tutorial. Just saying. Again, I'm not saying that she's bragging or boasting or anything like that, but there's, it's, it's different. It's a little different. We'll just put it that way. Speaking of Florida, and I promised I was going to not talk about Florida, but God damn it, they're so newsworthy sometimes. Here's just a couple of the headlines that I would normally put through into the podcast, but right now I have so much awesome shit on the back end that I just want to get this stuff taken care of now. And not just to bypass it or anything like that, but because it's something of significance. The good, another Florida team, not just my fiance's daughter, but a Florida team gets accepted to 27 universities and accumulates over $4 million in scholarships. And I believe that is big time because... You know, as I spoke in the open, open education is one of my shits. So this kid, I believe he was in Papano Beach. The article's popping up now. Uh, he's celebrating getting all these Panama City, Panama City student. Um, and he's got all these like awesome scholarship opportunities. And it's pretty awesome. This is being reported by ABC News. It was by this time it was a while ago, but it was in the cycle. But yeah, he got like mad respect. And I appreciate, I applaud and I echo this like any kid that I teach. I want to make sure that they know that there's always an opportunity to get free money to go for education. It's not that you have to go in debt. I mean, if you know the right things, you write the right uh, essay for these scholarship opportunities, there's free money to be had. So go ahead and get that. If the worst you have to do is write an essay and the worst that happens is they don't like it, then try again. But this guy securing the bag in a major way. Not so great news. A dolphin attacked a trainer in Miami during a live show. Um, this happened at the uh, Miami Seaquarium. Um, this is all on April 13th, um, where it was doing the most. But it was a dolphin flipper show, and then everybody started like kind of be like, "Hey, why is the dolphin getting at like that?" Um, the somebody in the audience took, took video of it, put it on TikTok because yes, um, and it was basically shut down after that. But yeah, the dolphin was wilding. Um, you can get the link, um, you can research it, and it is um, eh, quite a sight to see, we'll put it that way. Um, and then, this one happened a little bit later, but I'll get into that. But this also popped up on my feed on April 13th, where a gay Florida resident gets beaten and blinded by a homophobic family in Georgia. I cleaned up the headline a bit. Literally, the headline reads... Uh, da -da -da -da. 
Oh, that's ad, excuse me. Three family members charged in hate crimes, uh, hate crime charges and attack that left gay man blind in Pompano Beach, Florida. That was Pompano Beach. They cleaned it up too, because in the first article that I read, it had stuff like mentioned that they were Ukrainian. And before the window lickers and bad faith actors start to clutch their pearls about immigration, let me say this. Although this headline popped up on the 13th of April, this incident happened August 2021, which is its own injustice. Also, for the people who say, well, this is what happens when you say, don't say gay bill in Florida. A, this is in Georgia. And two, don't say gay wasn't enacted until maybe a month or so ago. So on both sides, calm thine tits and know that this is just an awful thing that these fucking people decided to do. Well, we were still in the deep of the pandemic at that point. So these are just trash people that deserve the charge. All right. And that's not to say that don't say gay is not a trash bill. But if you want to discuss immigration in a good faith, like have a policy and not try to weaponize prejudice or echoing vapid talking points from your favorite political talking head, let me know because I'm always down. So, yeah, there were some mistakes made on April 13th. So on that day, not a fuck was given. Things could have gone better. But something that I learned way back in 2013 on one of my shittier deployments, one of two, but whatever, but on one of my deployments, I realized that it's not about what you're doing or what's going around around you, what's going on around you. It's about who you're hanging out with and what you're doing while you're doing it. And I took that mentality and I totally utilized it for this podcast because on this one, I get to invite one of my friends, something I'm super super excited to do just interview my friends and echoing their perspective and everything so for this one we have my friend pippa delight she's a co-worker of mine and we chop it up about a whole slew of things mind you most of it is not going to be on this podcast because we did a separate section that saturday which is a fucking banger this one was amazing too it's got insight depth the the uncut version it, it gets real. It gets real, real quick. We talk about some deep shit. So you will see that on lineage.com as soon as I go through quality control and all that and we get it good for TV. So it'll be on the internet, but you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, Pippa Delight, honestly, one of the brightest young female voices that we have in education. Um, completely accomplished, dropping knowledge bombs, especially on the uncut version. I hope to get a guy. I hope to get it to you guys sooner rather than later. But you know how this process goes. It's a one-man show. Thanks for the patience. I know I should have got this out maybe a week ago, but hey, the cycle allows for this flexibility, especially when I run the company. But the ZFG podcast with its first interview of Pippa Delight. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll catch you on the other side. All right. So generally, I don't do like daytime recordings because everybody's out and doing stuff. Like right now, you'll hear like the water of my sprinkler system. So that is that is awesome. But it's important to do this because I have a guest and she is one of my friends and a co-worker of mine and I'm very happy to invite Pippa Delight to the ZFG podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time. I know you've got you're a bit of a thinker, so I like that you took some time out of your over analytical processes to uh, chop it up with your boy. So that's awesome. Um, so tell the world a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I teach high school history. Um, I moved down to Florida about two years ago. We're going on two years. Mm -hmm. I'm from New Jersey. Um, went to school in upstate New York and kind of just fell down to Florida two years ago and we're figuring it out. I have a cat now. 
Oh, she oh, just yeah. turned one, the big birthday. Nice. Yeah, she's underselling it. Like you put your cat in the most bizarre, like lesson plans. Like I don't like. I get it's, it's a huge feature, but do the kids ever get tired of it or anything like that? Or oh, do they don't care? give a fuck, nice. and I don't care. Yeah, good, good. I will ask a random kid sometimes <laughs> if I'm just feeling a little spicy. What's my cat's name? And if they can't answer it, you know, I make them sit down. Nice. Like, it's like, it's a, there's so many ways that you can get, like, your hobbies and everything into what you do. And I, I'm assuming you have a career. Do you think of teaching as a job or career? It's something that I over-explain in my classes with financial. Like, do you want a job? Anybody can get a job. But how do you approach your career as a teacher? Or job as a career? Whatever. I'm just over, I'm over-talking. <laughs> um, I think I approach it. Some days it's a career, some days it's a job. Mm. It kind of depends on how I'm feeling rolling out of the day. So sometimes everything will go great. And honestly, those are days where it kind of feels like a job. Yeah. If everything goes according to plan and right. it's really planned out. Other times, you know, shit gets weird. We talk about my cat. <laughs> we'll do a cahoot on whatever. And then I feel like it's a career. Mm. When I'm like, oh, I that was fun for me. I'm excited to come back the next day. Nice. Like, I don't know how much you make it about the kids. Like, something like... Because we're about the same length in service as far as teaching. I Before I got started over at the high school, I was doing work at the middle school. Doing, like, honors, geometry, or something like that. And I remember it so vividly. Like, there were only two kids that gave a damn out of 33 and do you ever find yourself, how does that math affect your job? Like, you know you won't be able to reach them all. Hell, some of them don't even show up. They're kids that we know that are on our roster for the entire year, never see them but twice. Mm-hmm. So what do you do about the kids that you can't reach in history? Because I know, like, math is math, but history, there's a discussion usually. But when they're disengaged, how does that affect your vibe, for lack of a better term? So... um, Honestly, cry a lot about it every once in a while. <laughs> you're, you're, that, that's fair. That's I, fair. Yeah. But kind of how I think about it and how like I have to be reminded a lot by other people is 95% of the kids aren't going to give a fuck. But once in a while, you'll get one kid that cares. Right. And kind of in my perspective, my class is a graduation requirement. Right. So they have to pass this class yeah. in order to graduate high school. Right. Um, so kind of, I recognize, and I will tell them sometimes if we're talking about boring shit, cause I feel like I'm not the salesperson of history. Like right. I happen to like it. I get that it's boring as shit. Got it. So every <laughs> once in a while I'll say to my kids, like, really sorry. I'm going to talk at you for an hour. We'll do yeah. something fun after. <laughs> yeah. I promise it'll only be an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Then you have like, I think I want to go this way with it then. Um, so in your department, you've got a cast of characters. Yes, I do. Go. Just go. It is a crew. It the is last... a squad of, dis... I won't say dysfunction, but... We put the fun in dysfunction. Yeah, you guys are a fun bunch. Um, so, for those who don't know, um, her, I'm not, again, not naming names, but there are people in her department that have uh, made poor decisions in bringing their children to unauthorized locations. Um, and other individuals who kind of just like have a laissez-faire approach to like, you know, eating in class, you know, 
i.e. deliveries to said classes. And then you have the other spectrum that are like the bona fide diehards. Where do you feel, where do you, because I know who your department is, where, where on that spectrum do you think that your energy is? Is it all the way like dressing up as an individual or just like laissez-faire, <laughs> long hair, don't care? Where in that spectrum? Because this is a broad one. It is a broad spectrum. And kind of when I got hired last year, first meeting, department meeting, I remember them saying, oh, you know, we got another rookie team. Mm. And that's when I was kind of made aware that it seems like turnover is very high in that department. <laughs> and I'm not shocked. Yeah. But I think, so my first year, like, I was going into it, like, fresh out of school, did not really know anyone in the state. I was terrified to teach high school. Mm. Because I look very young, also. Yes, yes. Um, you, you don't wear backpacks any, as many times. Yeah. Like. I used to wear a backpack, and now I stopped because <laughs> I'm an adult now. I'm getting written up by one of the deans. Is like I have a I have a meeting to get to. <laughs> yes, I got yelled at by the office lady last year. Oh yeah, it was me and that other history teacher. Yeah, yeah, she was she was a little spicy. She was a spicy breed. I I could never pin her never pin her down. Like, does she like anyone? Does she hate everyone? Like, I was straight up afraid of her. <laughs> yeah like so what, like because your classes because we share a lot of the students and a lot of our students enjoy our style of teaching may not like the material like math no one likes that history can be dry but they i hear good things about your approach so what's a what's a a day that feels like a career what's a good day in your classroom as far as how the operation goes so Kind of how I approach it is, when I was in high school, I hated history. I was not a good student. Josh Hill. Josh At all. I hate history, too. <laughs> I, it is what it is. Yeah. But um, I kind of go into teaching with that mindset, saying, you know, I hated it, but I got through it, and I learned to like it, kind of a with reframe. Time. Yeah. A little reframe of the mind. So I teach it like I hate it. Honestly. And right. I teach it to kids going into it being like, 98% of these kids do not give a fuck. Yeah. And they're not going to want me to use these sophisticated words and these complex ideas, mm. which is how history is typically taught. Yeah. I will try and weave in fun current events. How, like, that's the thing. How did... Explain how you tied Will Smith into the Red Scare. Again, not a history major, but how... How? <laughs> it's like, not knowing much about the Red Scare is like, so did someone get hit? Like, what was that? I don't know. It really had, not at all. I just kind of wanted to talk about it also. Ah, But I used it, I used it. Little Trojan horse. Is in like a, who watched Will Smith slap Chris Rock? Everyone obviously raised their hand. Of course. We had a quick little debate over it. One Mm -hmm. kid got very passionate. Oh yeah, the passion was there. Yelling at another kid very aggressively about Will Smith. Uh, It was a little weird. (laughs) Um, But then I kind of used to talk about kind of the power of a celebrity and that people follow that mm. and kind of like the influence that people have. And they might not be able to kind of talk about the red scare, mm-hmm. but if they're taking the test and they're staring at like a question they have no idea, I could say, think about the Oscars. And they make that connection. Because now I'm making the connection because is it the red scare? What? Like communism? Was, yeah, was yeah. When people were like, Afraid Freak. of communism and celebrities were getting involved. Okay. Oh, okay. And I using their influence. Brilliant. So See, that's why you got the master's degree. Will Smith. Yeah, like I would I would 
word vomit my way trying to have something tie into the Pythagorean theorem. Like I, but but the curriculum isn't so fluid as like you know like Tom Brady retiring is kind of like the slope of an angle. It, it's it's a we can hard make it sell. work. We, oh yeah, we can think tank. We'll it. throw that motherfucker in a cahoot. Yeah, <laughs> nice. All right, so so you've been there two years and you've been really effective at your job and your position and everything. So. What are some other things about the educational system that you wish you had known before you got into it? Because you're coming from a different state too. So you've taught like New Yorkers, now you're teaching Floridians. What is the biggest contrast in those students? Did you teach high school in New York or are you middle school or what? I did, I mostly did middle school. Okay, yeah. So what's the biggest difference between Florida versus New York students? Curriculum is wildly different, but as far as students are concerned, what's the major difference with that? Um, and I don't know if it's an age thing or not, but I want to say kind of attitudes towards education. Hmm. So, like, when I was in eighth grade, I taught eighth grade before I moved. Mm-hmm. That's where I do all my student teaching. And I feel like the approach to education was a little bit different in the sense that kids, maybe they did not want to be at school, but they got their shit done. Right. And maybe kind of what I'm seeing in Florida, it could be because I'm in a different state, could be with them with working with older kids, mm-hmm. could be because kids, we have the pandemic and kids haven't been in school for two years. I feel like that's a major thing. Like some of these kids are just maladjusted. They don't know yeah. how to interact. They they were on Zoom, and now they have to deal with real people, and it's uh, it's tough. We'll put it that way. It is tough, and I think that kids kind of, in that time of online teaching, learned that you could work a full-time job in addition mm-hmm. to going to high school, parenthesis, like, air quotes right. there. And I think a lot of kids kind of took that mentality into back-to-in-person learning. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think they got it right, honestly, like... Like, I've, I've taught in middle school in Florida, and then th- it was just wildin'. Like, like one time, like, I was subbing for, like, a couple weeks while someone was, like, on maternity leave. And, like, they would encourage us to, like, make sure that you guys walk around the, the store. It was, like, uh, walking down the, the corridors and the hallways and make sure that everybody, you know, no one's getting assaulted. And it's, like, I was there for two weeks and saw four fights. And I was, like, oh, well, this is... Um, an event and I'm like this was literally before COVID like I had that contract from March 4th it was supposed to be until April 3rd and then nope so that's how that went down but like these kids like they're just really maladjusted and like how do you engage with the parents like again you deal with juniors and seniors maybe a little sophomores in there the occasional yeah but like you're dealing with people who are almost done cooking and some of their parents have like they they have different family situations at home can you reach the parents what do the parents say if they respond what what are your interactions with the parents if you have a student who's not up to par for whatever reason so i email parents sometimes i get a response sometimes i do not put a number on it how many times do you get out of you say 100 emails how many do you anticipate getting a response from two two or three that's tough. It's, like, yeah. That, okay. All right. So of those three, what is the response? Is it like defensive or like, oh, I know or what? So with this one 
particular student I emailed. Mm-hmm. And basically, I just said, I'm just letting you know, your kid has a 13% in this class. 13 is really impressive. It really. is. Yeah. I make it very difficult to have a low score in my class. Yeah. And the parent said, basically, I got back a little bit defensive. The parent was like, well, no, like, she told me that she is not. So as... You're like, read the skyward. It's right there. <laughs> as the petty individual I am, I just sent her a screenshot. Nice. I said, there you go. All reliable screenshots. I love that shit. And I said, also, have not seen her for the last two weeks. Yeah. And then that kind of turned into a, well, she's saying this. Now, a conference was called, then it was canceled, so nothing really came of it. And the kid finished the quarter with a 30%. So nothing was done. Yeah. She doubled where she was at, but she was starting in a shit spot. Yes. (laughs) So kind of with the parents... I just let them know what it is. Mm-hmm. But I also have been hearing from kids that they will block emails and they will block phone calls coming from the school. Yeah, they're super sophisticated when it comes to like hiding shit from the light of day. Like, yes. why don't you commit that much energy in just doing the shit instead of hiding the shit? But, you know, yes. that just makes too much fucking rational sense, I guess. I said it's them with Googling all the time. Because mm-hmm. I'll send a little assignment with a little reading... And I will tell them straight up, if you put this into Google, which you will, you're going to spend more effort yeah. trying to actually find the answer than actually reading it and having a thought. Yeah, it's, it's fucking asinine, their thought logic. But that's what we did. That's what we chose as a lifestyle. I it suppose. is what it is. We get harassed by kids all day. Yes, it's, it is fun every now and then. There's, there's, I make it about the 20% that actually give a damn. And it's like, all right, cool. The rest of the 80%, don't be an active deterrent. Just let me reach the kids who want the information or who need the information. And you guys just go to sleep. Take it out. I don't give a shit. And kind of what I use in the classroom a lot is relationship building with kids. Mm-hmm. And that has worked 95% of the time in the sense that a kid may be not doing anything and having no intention to do anything. But if you have that relationship with them, you can call them over and be like, listen, yeah. I need you to do this. Like, help me help you. And right. that usually works. Right on, right on. So, yeah, it seems like we have, like, a lot of the same shared experiences. Now, outside of the kids' realm, like, we have a friend group. In Good old Pangea. Oh, Pangea. Oh, I miss you so much. Let's discuss that a little bit. Just I'd love to. I'm just like, because we, we both were second year teachers and we had a massive friend group and like I don't know you want to take it from like can you I don't want to try to timeline it we, we did timeline it and mm-hmm. it's it's bizarre that it happened as awkward and it's like them's eh, the breaks like with that though because again you're young and you're like you've had friends and everything like that I'm I've been in the military like every time there's like a PCS or something like that sometimes you just fall out of contact at this juncture, knowing the environment that we are in, in a high school, do you feel like some of the friendship dynamics mimic that of the kids? And how do you, what's your immediate takeaway? Like, talk about friends with, like, teachers, administration, everything like that. Wh- where do you land on that when people just get weird and it's like, eh, all right, well, what's the move? Um, I 100% feel like we're in high school at all times. Yeah. Um, was not expecting that. Yeah. Getting this job. But um, kind of how I think about it. Fucking sprinklers. Anyway. Is, um, 
I frame it kind of when you're in, this has happened to me, when you're like in college mm-hmm. or you're in high school, your first couple weeks. Yeah. Or like a new experience. Like you make this group of friends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call them your first semester friends, like of college. Right. And, you know, kind of reflecting four years later, a lot of times you're not friends with those people anymore because you changed. Yeah. So that's kind of how I view some of those friendships that I made early on. Like, yes, they were valuable. Mm-hmm. And helpful. Yeah. However, I think that sometimes making a quick friend can make you feel better at that moment, but really in the long run, it does not serve you. Right. And then it gets weird. It gets weird. She gets weird in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, you have your first semester friends, and then what happens in the second semester? Obviously, like because again, you grow in this huge collective, and then you just weed out some of the you know excess, you know superfluous people. And then you eventually, when do you get to your core, you feel, in this analogy of first, second, third quarter? Um, I think you kind of get to your core when, honestly, not everyone has to be best friends with each other. Right. And I think kind of when everyone realizes that, that's kind of where you're at your core. Where everyone's like, the fuck's with you. Mm-hmm. Some friends are closer than other friends, but no one gets butthurt. Yeah. Yeah, what, what's the analogy we use is, like, the center of the earth? Like, we have the inner core, outer core type deal? Or, I like using the atmosphere. Like, you mm-hmm. have the stratosphere, then you have the ozone layer, and then you have, like, deep space. <laughs> so, yeah, like, <laughs> we got some people in who are, like, Sputnik up there just orbiting, they're, like, hey. What are you they're guys gone. Yeah, like, I see you. You're not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you've been alive for the past two years. I have been. How exhausting is it to live through so many life-altering things over the, the shortest amount of time? Like, normally this takes a whole ass... I'm an asshole. <laughs> Mike's down now, so we're good. How do you approach... Uh, let's see. Let's, let's break it down to the levels. As a, as a young woman, how does it feel from, like... Let's start with Me Too and... From there, because that was a thing that happened. How do all these life-altering events affect you in the grand scheme of things? Like, I want to go, because, like, what would you say was the biggest thing in the past three years that kind of, COVID was its own era, like, but where do you think the flashpoint was, and how have you adjusted to that? Because it seemed like history was happening, major fucking things were happening. How did that shape you to who you are today? And what was the first thing? Oh. Um, are you going to say, the, like, to clarify, yeah. the first thing in my life or the first thing in the last three years? In the past three years, because I'm sure we could do a deep dive. Like, we could, we could have a long-ass podcast about exactly what made us us. But I'm like, as far as the last, like, I feel like there's been a lot of traumatic slash life-altering events within a very short amount of time that I feel have framed our students, some of our peers, and us as individuals. How did those things affect you? And what was what was the first thing? And how did it, how, since then, how has it changed your perspective on society, culture, teaching, whatever? Kind of in regards to living through history, I'll be honest, I don't have the news. It'd be like that sometimes. I, I would say I'm, I'm an uninformed history teacher. Um, so... Hold on, sidebar. What was the class, the math class that you had to pass? Math for the informed citizen. And your uninformed history teacher? Yes. I thought that was cute. Thank Moving you. on. <laughs> um, 
but kind of I don't know. I feel like there was there's not really a specific thing, like an event that I could tell you. Right. That kind of changed things for me, but I would also say that I'm just and I think it's true for everyone all of my peers that I've talked about with people, is we're just fucking desensitized at this point. Yes. Like yes. shit happens. And I'm like, oh shit. And then kinda we like shit keeps rolling. Yeah. We're just going backwards. We're still in COVID, kinda coming out, sure. Um, we've just learned that the Supreme Court justice was in cahoots with, you know, some shenanigans up at the top for an insurrection. And before that there was fucking Black Lives Matter, and before that was Me Too, and then just all these stupid successive bullshits is like there's no time to keep up with how you feel about it because a new thing's right around the corner. Yes. And I kind of feel like in the classroom, when shit happens, I will tell my, like, we'll talk about it. But I find myself kind of struggling to talk about it with the kids because I can hear my words saying this is a big deal. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, well, I'm going to fucking say this in a month with the next thing. Yeah, so. Exactly. Here we go. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough spot to be in because, like... When I was talking to, like, I brought up Russia Ukraine in a math class mm-hmm. because we were talking about, like, one of my ROTC students was like, I don't know how to feel about this. I don't think anything of it, actually. It's like, well, let me show you why. There's microchips that we get, there's gas prices that are going to get higher. This all will affect your budget immediately. So let's be more cognizant to things that are outside of ourselves. And that's the best way that I can rope any major traumatic event. It's like, I got to. I got to make it make sense to them because they're not going to make sense of, you know, Zelensky or Putin or anything like that. But they have to know how this has an immediate impact. My, uh, not my, uh, semiconductors and shit. Oh, yeah. A lot of the shit comes from, like, Ukraine. I think they're the third most that we at least buy from. It's like, dog, y'all can't, it, you can't exist in a vacuum. And trying to open them up to that is exhaustive. It is difficult. Yeah. And then there's a new tragedy right around the corner. Yes. And I think that also kind of in the school system and I don't I can I can speak for Florida schools but I think that every time you bring up anything with the news mm. it gets so political so quickly yeah. that at sometimes it's just easier just to not do it do you have kids that I feel like you do and I know you can't mention my name but I had a kid who was just let's go Brandon all the fucking time is like bro we're talking about fucking linear equations why do you do you ever have someone who's so misinformed that kind of interrupts your class like he he wants to be a contributor but it's going left it's going hard left and like let's rack let's wrangle that back in i do i have about yeah what's an what's what's an example that you had to fucking jedi mind trick and like okay now we're here now like Honestly, I just planned ignore. I a lot of times I just pretend like I cannot hear shit, mm. and I keep continue like I keep talking about what I am talking about. Right. But then I have the instance where some students will be like, "Well, my parents say X Y Z," and it could be some like wild shit. <laughs> yeah. However, I cannot kind of as the teacher say. Your parents are. You can't say you're that. wrong, and I also cannot. Kind of, like I feel like. Kids will bring up topics sometimes just to see what you're going to say. Like a test to it's you? It's like a test. I feel, sometimes I feel like it's a little a little entrapment. I feel a little trapped sometimes. Yeah. So I think 
and the kids know that everything is so political right now. And I think that they try and trap mm. teachers. So I have to be like very aware with how I answer things and kind of not saying anything right. about kind of my beliefs. Yeah. Like that's people straight up ask me. Yeah. And I have to say, and pretty much what I say is, Oh, I'm again, I've said this in the class. I need to think about it. Mm. Tell them you're, I'm a thinker. You're a thinker. You're a thinker. And never share what you were thinking about. Um, no, and then I will just never, and then I just hope they forget. Put a cahoot up. It's like, all right. Yeah, I'll be like, look at picture of my cat. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, that's a strategy. It's a strategy. It's a, it's a winning strategy at this point. Um, so, yeah. I think we've discussed a lot. A lot. So, what else What else have you got? What else have you got in mind? Rapid fire. What, what are you thinking about? What do you want me to talk about? I don't know. Well, we talked about a lot. I mean, we have. And some of it is, some of those are on the four loco cut. Some of them are deep cuts. We got a lot of cuts. This is a, this, this is been a, a spicy yeah podcast. Oh yeah, this is this is this one is the one that should be talked about a lot. But yeah, um, I don't. Hmm. Let me think about it for a second. I feel like that's 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 closure enough. Yeah. Yeah. Pip of delight. This was amazing. I feel like the first one was better, but you know, we the four loco cut gets weird. The, the four loco cut gets hey, we get weird. You'll hear similar weird. questions, but spicier answers, and you may hear that on lineage somewhere. Definitely, it will on, be out. It will be yeah. You will see it on my. The world Instagram. needs to hear this. Yes, this this that cut must be had for everyone. There's some cuts you're not going to get because I don't know how I feel about it, but there are going to be cuts. There there will be some sort yeah. of cuts. Yes. All right. I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming. Um, see you tomorrow. I'll see you. <laughs> see you at the place of work. Yep. Gotcha. All right. This has been the ZFG podcast, and I hope you all have a very blessed week. And you know, don't sweat the petty stuff. Don't pet the sweaty stuff. I right. get wrecked. Ah. <laughs>